You are listening to the Mining Stock Education Podcast, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. The sector is, I believe the sector is about to take off into 2020 here. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for joining me. Well, today I'm going to be speaking with my friend David Erfley of JuniorMinerJunkie.com. When I launched this show about three years ago, David was one of my first guests, and I've enjoyed corresponding with him over email and interviewing him periodically on this show. I uh, look up to him and enjoy learning from him as he navigates these junior resource markets. So David, uh, thank you again for coming on Mining Stock Education, and perhaps we could start off with you sharing your thoughts on the gold price and what are you seeing in the gold price as it relates to the junior mining stocks? Oh, great to be back, Bill. Thanks for having me again. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting what's happening here, Bill. Um, you know, we've had the junior s- sector has been decimated over the past few months, even though the gold price has been hanging up above fourteen fifty, um, and the GDX has has, has held uh, very very well above uh, the twenty six level, which has now become really critical support. Um, what we're seeing uh, with with the gold price is. Uh, we're continuing to see consolidation of that huge move from uh, what about 1160 to uh, f- to 1560 in the space of, a, of of about a year. So um, that's a huge move, and that needs to consolidate, and it, and that's what it's doing. And um, we haven't seen any panic selling in shares. We really haven't seen any panic selling in in gold. We're starting to you know we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing generalist investors come into the space a little more, um, but uh, I'm really uh, impressed with how the gold price is hung up well here above 14.50 an ounce. Previously, you've said that you look to Bear Creek Mining as kind of your bellwether stock. Uh, what is Bear Creek Mining speaking to you right now? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's that's funny you mentioned that. Uh, that's a that's a that's basically a silver optionality play. As their uh, their uh, Karani project in Peru needs a higher silver silver price uh, to be economic and, and to be financed and built. Well, basically, if you look at most major silver project projects, they need a higher silver price. But uh, yeah, it's got a it's got a very tight share structure and it has some very intelligent investors and it usually moves uh, in either direction before the silver price does. Meaning, if if the silver price is about to is about to uh, have a nice move higher. Bear Creek usually moves higher before it, and um, the stock is still trading at 52-week highs here, and it looks it looks about ready to take off. Um, uh, that they recently came out with uh, with uh, better uh, economics on another um, uh, a, another uh, feasibility uh, study, and um, or uh, a, pr- a preliminary economic assessment, and uh, the numbers got a lot better. So uh, the, the project no longer needs $25 silver to be economic. Now it, it now it, it'll be economic at, at $20 silver. So uh, yeah, the the stock is is doing really well, and not only uh, uh, Bear uh, Bear Creek silver stock, um, but uh, the, uh, the the silver juniors in particular. Um, you see you see SILJ, which is the uh, the silver ETF. That has been leading not only uh, the miners, but has been leading the entire gold complex. So you've got the miners leading gold, 
and the silver juniors leading the minors, which is very bullish for the short to medium term here. When you see that happening and it, it speaks to the bullish outlook, do you ever try to profit short-term trading off of the, the silver gold ratio at all? I watch the silver gold ratio like a hawk, like most do. Um, I think it needs to get down to below 80 for the, the sector to really start to take off. It's around 85 right now. And it's it's starting to go in the right direction, which is which is lower. Uh, but yeah, I mean, once it gets below eighty, that's that's when you're really going to start to see the sector move. When you look at what's been happening in the last several weeks in the mining sector, what would be some bullish things you see occurring that would uh, reinforce uh, your view that we could be entering into an up phase pretty soon? Well, there's there's three things, Bill. There's what I just mentioned previously about. Uh, the silver, the silver miners, and especially the silver junior miners leading the sector. Another thing is uh, the capital uh, markets have have begun have begun to improve. You're starting to see some big bot deal financings come into the space. And the third thing is the mergers and merger and acquisition space has really began to heat up. I mean, it started a couple Mondays ago when when Barrick uh, sold uh, its 50 for 50% stake in its non-core Calgary asset, and then um, Newmont uh, sold uh, uh, their uh, sold a non-core asset in their in their, the the uh, the uh, the world famous Red Lake uh, mine, and um, then you had Kirkland Lake uh, announce a takeover of Detour, and then and now this morning. You're, you're seeing uh, an all-share deal from uh, Zinjin, uh, Chinese Zinjin Mining, uh, an all-cash deal of $1.4 Canadian for this company. So uh, when you start to see... Um, when you start to see more capital coming into the space and you start to see mergers and acquisitions heat up, and especially when you see um, the, the Silver Juniors leading not only the, the miners, but leading the entire complex, that's very bullish for the short to medium term. With Newmont selling off uh, one of their assets completely and then Barrick 50% of that assets, they sold obviously to producers, cash flowing producers, but when they start to sell off some of those maybe second tier assets to more a smaller micro cap company, do you have a strategy that you have in mind for how you might look at those as possible investments? You, you, are you talking about what I look at investing in the company that bought those assets? Yes. Um, no, that's not what I that's that, that's not what my area of expertise is. I like to look at the at, at the smaller juniors that have uh, that are that are in the process of proving up assets that I believe will be will will be uh, purchased by a major. Um, I know. Um, um, Farrick's, uh, CEO, uh, Mark Bristow has not been, has not been, uh, shy about telling the market basically that, um, they're going to be selling off their assets that they don't own hundred percent of, and also assets that do not produce over 500,000 ounces per year. So they're looking for big blue sky projects that are going to produce a lot of gold in the, in the future. So, um, you know, but there's also a lot of other uh, majors out there that are there that are that are looking to buy projects. So I like to focus on the companies that I believe are about to be taken out, as opposed to the ones that have already purchased an asset from a major. 
Kirkland Lake, as you know, is a high-grade producer. Detour Gold is a more of a low-grade bulk tonnage producer, and Kirkland Lake just bought Detour, and then the Kirkland Lake sold off as a result of it, um, so the initial reaction was negative. Uh, what's your thoughts on this uh, combining? I think it's I, I, I think it's a, it, it's a great acquisition because basically what Kirkland just did was what the majors were doing at the top of the last bull market. At the top of the last bull market, these majors were, were, were buying assets that were not economic at the gold price that, 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 was, that, was, uh, that was at the time. So basically, the gold price had ran up to $1,700, $1,800, $1,900 an ounce. And these companies were, were, were buying assets that were large bulk tonnage um, that didn't make sense below those prices. But this was at the top of a bull market. So what Kirkland has done, they, they've they've done this, they've they've uh, applied this strategy at what I believe is as, at the beginning of a cycle, as opposed to at the end of a cycle. So I think there's a lot more gold at Detour, and I think it's 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 a really good move. So we could assume that Kirkland is assuming there's a floor in the gold price right now, and so perhaps we could extrapolate that and say. These major producers just in the last few weeks are assuming that there's, you know, a floor at this price point in the gold price. Would that be correct? Right. Yeah. Um, I've been on record has been saying this since like August, August and September that these capital markets, you know, they they got burned in in 2016 by coming in uh, too hot and heavy too soon. And um, so now that they've seen uh, really good numbers uh, Q3 numbers from these majors, you know, a lot of them have upped their dividends. Some of them even doubled their dividends. Um, and their numbers are really good at these gold prices. They're starting to loosen up their purse strings more. And I think the market is starting to come around to believe that, that, uh, this, this 1450, 1400, 1450 is, uh, is a bottom now. And, um, once once they really, once they really start to believe this, well, you'll really start to see more M and A pick up, which is starting to happen right now. But um, you'll see them buying into it completely when it really starts to pick up. So um, I, I, and I do expect that to happen now. Um, I mentioned back in August and September that it wouldn't happen until Q1. Well, we're just about into Q1 right now, and you know the the mining sector normally picks up this time of year anyway. And um, the juniors, like I said earlier, have been decimated. So a lot of the ones that I follow and the ones that I own, they're 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 uh, they're acting like they're sold out, and they're already starting to make nice moves here. Even though tax loss season officially just started this week, um, I think it started earlier this year. I think a, a people got a lot got rid of a lot of their tax loss um, tax loss cells uh, early this year. So I think uh, a lot of these companies have already bought them. A company you cover in your newsletter is, and you've been public on record uh, speaking about, is Novo Resources. In the last couple months, they've released a lot of news about their ore sorting technology. Uh, what's your commentary here, and is there any significance for the greater the sector at large? You know, this is this is a company that I've owned for quite a while now. Um, I was fortunate enough to get myself and my subscribers in before they made the, their discovery in in Karatha, and um, unfortunately, on on hyperbole, the stock uh, got bid up too fast, too soon, and um, 
since the stock was bid up so high on on basically hyperbole, um, it came down rather quickly, and a lot of people lost a lot of money. So um, this was no fault of the company. Um, this this project that, that this uh, project that they have is is unconventional. It's an alluvial deposit that that they can't drill. That they have to come up with you know with uh, with things that have never been tried before as, as far as trying to prove that they can mine this economically. And, and uh, I believe that they're onto something with these sorting machines, these, these, uh, this sorting technology. And that's what, that's what the market is, is feeling here also. Cause if you take a look at the chart, um, it's got a really nice base, a, a year long base that now it's, it's trading at 52 week highs. And um, what they've done over here, uh, with these with these sorting machines, or are, are, it's revolutionary. I mean, uh, if you listen to the to the uh, interviews that Quentin Henney has done um, with uh, various news outlets with Corey Fleck and, and Jay Taylor um, about uh, the sorting being costing just twenty six cents per ton to sort, and with no water, so it's completely green. Uh, the machines only cost between eight hundred and a million dollars Australian. To, to construct. And not only that, but there's two companies, there's Tomra and Steinert Global. So these two companies are basically in competition with each other, trying to better each other's technology to get Novo's business. So you add that in, into the fact that the sector is, I believe the sector is about to take off into 2020 here. So the stars are aligned here for, for Novo to to have a really nice move. And, and I've been saying this for the last few near, three few years now, even if you're not a shareholder, just if you're a, a junior, you know, a speculator investor, you should be rooting for this project because, you know, this thing is, is huge. The potential is massive. And if they, if they've come up with a revolutionary and cost-effective way to, to have, to mine this economically at a large scale, it could be uh, the, the uh, if you can you could compare it to um, Diamond Fields Voices Bay discovery and what it did for the sector. Um, that's that's a very real possibility, and I think the market is starting to wake up to that possibility. With the size of the resource still unknown, do you foresee a way where they could even finance this to truly find out what they have? Well, they've already have you know Kirkland Lake already owns twenty five percent of it. And, you know, they've, they've, they've got, I think they've got about $30 million still. And um, I think a, a big problem would be security um, because, you know, there's this, this project is massive. It's out in the middle of nowhere, uh, but it's, in, but it's in a, you know, it's in a top tier jurisdiction and uh, the big, the, the big, uh, the big knock on it was how were they going to mine this economically since it's an alluvial deposit and you can't really, you can't drill it. You can't really prove up a, you know, an NI forty three one hundred one resource. It's you know, you just have to mine it, and that's what they that's what they plan on doing. It, it takes a long time to get mining permits there. You know, you have to get through go through the through the uh, through the the Aboriginal life. You get an Aboriginal license. You have to get a mining license. Um, it takes time, and they're they're going through the motions of doing that. And in the meantime, um, you know, they've they've proved up that they're they, they've they've maybe found a way. To, for proof of concept to, to mine this economically on a large scale with these sorting machines. Uh, time will tell, and we're going to have more news out coming soon. But I think that the market's sniffing that out if you take a look at the share price. 
Dave, when you're looking at a discovery play, and by that I mean a company that has put out some good holes, they indicate there is gold in the ground, possibly economic gold, and you're not already invested in the exploration company when they put out those first holes. Uh, talk about how you go about deciding your potential entry point. Yeah, that's 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 a great question. Um, you know, um, when you see a, a stock have a really nice move on a uh, on a discovery, you have to take into consideration uh, number one, the management team. Does management have access to capital to where they can continue to prove this thing up? Are they going to be able to? to get a, a nice financing package, hopefully without a warrant, because if they made this discovery that the market has taken notice of, there's really no need to, to issue a warrant. Um, if you, if you have the right management team that can attract the right capital into the stock and you have to also take into consideration where we are at as far as the sector is concerned. Like if, if they make this, let's say they, a company has made a discovery like this in August or September, and um, the uh, the sector has already had a nice move, like it just recently had. You know, you had gold go from, like I said, it went from you know eleven sixty to 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 fifteen sixty in the matter of a year. You know, and you're thinking, okay, they made this discovery, but the sector looks like it needs to to have a correction here, and let's the let's say the the, the company's going to need more money to prove this this uh this this discovery up more so you just keep following the stock and also you have to take into consideration if there was a if there was a, a finance recently where they where they had the where they uh where they um, um got the capital to make this discovery then the finance the shares are going to become free trading from the finance and a lot most times what people like to do is they they sell their shares and they keep the warrants so you have to know when those shares are going to become free trading. So whenever, uh, whenever you see a finance done on a company, always make a note is when those shares are going to be free trading. If you're if you're considering uh, a position in this stock, you know it's never a good idea to chase a discovery. Always wait for it to sell off. And all these things are are a good thing to look at um, while you're while you're considering a, a position and. Um, I, I never buy rhino horns. S selling rhino horns is what you do in this sector. You don't buy them. You buy the fishing lines, and um, these fishing line sell-offs can happen to the the best to to very good discoveries. They happen to very good companies because there's always some some short-term bad news that's going to happen, um, or you know a finance is going to become up that's that 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 the shares are going to become free trading. Whatever it is, you look for that opportunity. And do you always wait uh, when you, you know, a good drill hole puts that company on your radar screen? Do you, and then there's the gap up in the share price. Do you always wait as a matter of principle for that gap down after the discovery to fill? Absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up. I forgot to mention it. Yeah, it's usually, there's usually a gap up on a discovery. And I, you know, it's, it's basically a rule that I have. I will not buy a discovery until a, a, a discovery stock until that gap fills. If it doesn't, you know, via Candios, it, it's gone. 
you know, um, best of luck to everybody who invested in it. There's always another train that is yet to leave the station that I can look for. Yeah, I've emailed you about uh, companies in the past and you said, yep, I missed that one. But it's, it's just the nature of, of this sector. But in doing so, you're just protecting yourself from potentially devastating losses. <laughs> Absolutely. This is, as you know, as your listeners know, this is a very, very high risk sector. So it's your job to limit the risk as much as possible before investing in these things. Yep. And one of the Rick Rollisms that I think applies here too is Rick has said that he's never had a 10-bagger in all of his decades of investing in this sector without that 10-bagger first falling by half, 50%, at least once while he held that stock. Exactly. Exactly. That's why, that's why it's always best to try to get your original investment out as soon as you can. But it's all, there's, all, there's a caveat there. You don't want to do it too soon because it's if it's something that's that's really good, it's going to go a lot more than a double because you know a lot of a lot of these people preach that you just go ahead and and sell half on a double. You know sometimes that works and sometimes it's best to just wait a little while. It all depends on 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 the on the stock and the situation. And so that just comes down to experience and due diligence then, because Dave, I listened to uh, an investor who was, this was decades ago, but he was in his 20s at the time, where he made a couple hundred thousand off of the Frute del Norte uh, discovery. And then after he sold, he was so proud of himself. And then he saw it run and run and run <laughs> after that. Like, how do you discern? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's very difficult. And you know, you, you know yourself, know your limitations. You know, if if you're okay, uh, I'm a newbie. I really don't know that much in the sector yet. And I looks looks like I got lucky with this one. Then go ahead and sell half. If you know, if you're not if you're not a very experienced uh, trader in this sector, but you know, if if uh, if you got a few winners under your belt and um, you know you're you're starting to get some experience. Um, you know, you can let it, let it run a little bit before you take some profits. It all depends, like I said, on, on the discovery, you know, I mean, Novo's a great example. You know, I was fortunate enough to get in before the discovery on that. And, and I waited quite a, quite a while before I took some money off the table. Dave, as we conclude, uh, any final thoughts in light of what we d- we've talked about today? In light of what we talked about, risk management is, is key, you know, um, you know, always be taking profits, um, you know, it's always it's always easier to hold something once you've had once you've taken your original investment out of it. It's easier to hold it for for the long run. And you sleep better at night, also. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dave, thanks as always. Dave's website is JuniorMinerJunkie.com. If you're not on Dave's email list, uh, you don't have to be a paid subscriber to get on his free email list. Uh, he'll email you his weekly editorial about this sector. So uh, go check that out. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances 
uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns, as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.